0: listening this to the Sports Hive podcast. Oh, what a play. Wow. Oh, wow. A play?
1: Good afternoon, Sports Hive Nation and welcome to the Sports Hive podcast, where we provide you with all the buzz in the sports world. I am Jacob Hyde and alongside of me is my co-host the man, the myth, the legend, Luke Hoffman. Uh, today is Monday, March 2nd, 2020, and today me and Luke are going to be touching on some NFL, some NBA, some NBA, the sports, sports are, uh, are coming, and all around the sports world there is something going on, so without further ado, let's get it started. So like I said in the intro, uh, a lot of sports like the MLB are coming, and they are starting up, and a lot of sports are in their prime part of the season. The NBA is coming into the playoffs. with about 20 games left to go in the year. Uh, college basketball is it's finally March. It's going to be the conference tournament starting this week, and eventually the NCAA tournament later in March. And the NFL is just starting the NFL Combine, and it's going then it's going to come up to – NFL free agency. And that is where I want to start today. Uh, We are going to be talking about the NFL combine and some upcoming free agency news and some other NFL news to start the show. So, to start off, I just want to look at the NFL combine and I want to go through a couple positions and a couple players from those positions that I thought uh, stood out uh, last week in the NFL combine. And to start, we're going to start with the quarterback position. Obviously, Tua. And Joe Burrow did not participate in any of the workouts in the combine. But two quarterbacks did, and one of those quarterbacks is Jalen Hurts, and the other is Justin Herbert. Uh, Starting with Jalen Hurts, his 40-yard dash time was a 4.59. His broad jump was 125 inches, and his vertical was 35 inches. And Justin Herbert's 40-yard dash time was 4.68. His broad jump was 123 inches and his vertical was 35 and a half inches. So, uh, Luke, starting with the quarterback acquisition, what did you see out of these top two prospects in in this combine?
0: Um, I didn't really pay too much attention to the quarterbacks, but um, out of these quarterbacks, they, I still don't see – I've never been on the way of either of these two as NFL quarterbacks. They're great college quarterbacks but I just don't see too much potential in these guys. I mean, they're really fast, obviously, for quarterbacks, and they have all the physical attributes. I just don't trust their ability to make throws consistently.
1: Yeah, and obviously Jalen Hurts was an Alabama quarterback, and then he uh, transferred out to Oklahoma. And uh, the top two quarterbacks are obviously Joe Burrow and Tua. Uh, They obviously didn't participate, which kind of sucks because I kind of wanted to see what Tua could do off of his hip injury. Obviously, he's coming off that broken hip that he suffered in the regular season, and uh, I think I think the teams are still high on him, and he's going to produce in the NFL. But uh, maybe with him not participating in those drills, uh, I don't know how how high he's going to go, honestly. I and I don't, maybe like the dolphins will go after him or something, but I don't exactly know where his draft stock is at this point after he did not participate in the, in the combine workouts. But obviously Joe Burrow is going to go number one. It looks like he's going to go number one, number one overall to the Cincinnati Bengals. And later you're going to talk about another Cincinnati Bengals and AJ Green and how they want to use the franchise tag on AJ Green, the wide receiver. But next, we are moving on to the running backs, and I just put one running back here, and that is Jonathan Taylor. He stood out uh, very much. His forty-yard dash time was uh, four point three nine. Uh, that is very fast. Uh, his vertical was thirty-six inches, and his broad jump was one hundred twenty-three inches. But um, JT, you saw him at Wisconsin. He he was running the ball all over teams that he played. He had like I think I think he had twelve games over two hundred yards. Uh, last season, and his explosiveness and his footwork and the way he runs the ball is just as good as his personality and his character, and his character is 100%. So Luke, what did you uh, see out of Jonathan Taylor uh, at these workouts?
0: Yeah, JT looked great. Um, My only concern with him as a pro is his fumbling issue. He fumbled a ton in college, and we are going into the NFL where players are a lot stronger and can force a lot more of those fumbles. So he has to, to keep a lot of care with that ball, a lot more than he did in college where he was already having issues with that. So that's my only concern with JT at the NFL level. Otherwise, he's a great runner.
1: Yeah, and he uh, – I think he was the only only college player to uh, run a certain amount of yards in his college career through his junior year. But, uh, yeah, his fumbling, he did fumble <laughs> a lot last year in college. And I mean, I, I saw something – uh, last week, where somebody was talking about him, and he they he just said that fumbling is a correctable mistake. Like it can be corrected at the NFL level, and you just have to work on it. And that's just a thing that Jonathan Taylor has to work on at the next level. But that is really the only thing, uh, like you said, that I see that's wrong with Jonathan Taylor. The way he runs, uh, he can run over players as easy as any. Uh, running back in the league, honestly, I think he'll make an impact right away, maybe, and depending depending on what team he goes to. If he goes to like a lower, lower uh, record team from last year, then I think he'll make a reasonable impact into his rookie year, but I think if he goes to like a contender, maybe he won't start, but I mean, we'll just have to see with that. Uh, moving on with the wide receivers, this wide receiver class is probably one of the best we've seen ever. Honestly, uh, there's a lot of good uh, wide receivers last year in college, and that are coming in to the NFL draft and participating in the NFL Combine. And two of those wide receivers is Oklahoma standout wide receiver Ceedee Lamb, and Alabama wide receiver Henry Ruggs. Uh, first off. C.D. Lamb, his 40-yard time was a 4.5. His broad jump was 124 inches, and his vertical was 34 inches. Obviously, he played with Kyler Murray, and he, it's looking like Arizona wants to go after C.D. Lamb, too, to uh, pair with Kyler Murray in the NFL, which I am totally for. I'm on that whole bandwagon of get C.D. Lamb to the Cardinals for Kyler Murray because – I think if C.D. Lamb and Kyler Murray got paired up in the NFL, it would be a very good season for the Cardinals. It's uh, just the way C.D. Lamb, his control—he like he can obviously catch the ball at a very high level, and just his control, like when he catches on the sideline with his feet, and just his overall control and IQ on the football field is second to none. Uh, so, what is your take on C.D. Lamb, Luke?
0: Uh, well, he looks great, and yeah, I think you just said everything um, about him that I would say. My only question, while we're on wide receivers, um, this whole Jerry Judy situation with him with the chain, do you think this impacts his stock at all if teams look at him a little funny?
1: I I honestly don't know. I don't think so. He's obviously a great player, so I don't I don't think it will affect. I mean, they might think of him differently, but I mean, I don't think. It will affect him at any point throughout the draft process.
0: Yeah, I and mean, I don't really think so either. I mean, especially since he apologized right away. Yeah, but it, it just looks a little funny. That's so, all.
1: And the second standout receiver, I think one of the best. I think the best wide receiver in this class is Henry Ruggs. Uh, his forty yard time, forty yard time was four point two seven. And I think they said that with this time, he was like. 20 tenths of a second or like he was like 0.20 seconds off of like the record that uh John Ross had when he ran the 40 yard dash and Henry Ruggs's broad jump was 131 inches and his vertical was 42 inches so just look, comparing CD Lamb which is I think one of the top, top five receivers maybe top three in this class if you just compare those these numbers between the two uh Henry Ruggs got him on the 40-yard dash, on the broad jump by seven inches, and on the vertical jump by eight inches, so like seven and a half inches. But still, that is incredible what Henry Ruggs showed at the uh, NFL Combine, and he'll just be he'll be an elite player in the league in his years to come in the NFL. So, Luke, uh, what who do you think should go after Henry Ruggs, and how much of an impact will he have on a team?
0: Um, well, I don't have the draft order pulled up right now, and I don't know where he would go, but he looks insane. I was just watching before before we started this. I was watching the little Twitter highlight thing of his um, high school basketball highlight, and he looked yep. insane. That, he
1: probably, <laughs> he yeah, he probably like, couldn't
0: he play was, basketball. He was, he was like and over kids. It was like, this kid's ridiculously athletic. Now My only concern is a lot of – I mean, you look at – like. The, all the top 40-yard uh, dash guys, and most of those guys aren't great receivers, so hopefully he can actually become a great receiver since, like, if you look at that list, like, 8 out of the 10 and the top 10 40-yard dash list for receivers aren't great at catching the ball. They're just really fast, so hopefully he can translate that to the NFL.
1: Yeah, which comes to another point. I've I've heard people, different people say that uh, like at the combine you shouldn't look you shouldn't look at the 40 yard times because it really I mean that just shows how fast you are it doesn't show how how great of a catcher you are like with the 40 yard dash it doesn't show how great of a catcher you are or how, like how versatile you are and like those other different drills that you do with like catching Uh, but hopefully hopefully with that speed like it's just like DK Metcalf his 40 time was Pretty fast, wasn't it, last year, I think, or a couple years ago? Yeah, it
0: was really fast. And
1: and he and he can also catch the ball. So I think that's what Henry Ruggs is. I think he's fast and he can also catch the ball. And he showed that at Alabama. And I think he'll be able to show that in his rookie year and his throughout his NFL career. So sticking sticking if Luke doesn't have anything to add, those are just some of the names I thought stood out to me. Uh, I might be missing some, but those are some of the names that throw that out to me at the NFL Combine. But uh, sticking with the NFL, we have some free agent talking about to do. And it's going to be Tom Brady, obviously, because that is... He is obviously going through the free agency process and the top name uh, going into the free agency. Obviously, everybody's going to be looking at him and seeing where he goes. So, Luke uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you. Where do you want? Where do you think that Tom Brady should go? I, uh, honestly, like my personal opinion. I think, and I've seen it on like all the talk shows, that Tennessee is the best fit for him uh, in free agency.
0: Um, well, I have a different one. And it's actually one that's pretty popular as well. Another location. I've actually seen Antonio Brown the other day. Was just, not, it was a couple weeks ago. Was talking on the Breakfast Club. He says that, and this is just a conspiracy, but him and John Gruden are still very close, and he talks to Tom Brady almost every day. He says, "I, there could be a reunion with him and AB in Las Vegas." Obviously, AB and Tom Brady played one game together last year, and AB. Had that it was issues with the Raiders last year, but apparently, if Antonio Brown is being real, and him and John Gruen are actually on good terms, and he just has to get the GM's approval, it's a possibility for me.
1: I I could I've also heard that too. I I see I've seen on a couple of talk shows that uh or Las Vegas the Raiders obviously going to Las Vegas next year, but they are they are a top team to land. The, the quarterback Tom Brady but um
0: I could also see the Chargers as well I think him linking like, you know, up with Keenan Allen could be really mm-hmm. good
1: and I I saw some somebody was talking about it and they said that they don't see Tom Brady going to Las Vegas because he's obviously like in his 40s and if you look at it no 40 year old just wants to like move on and live in Las Vegas and like they're so it's like, I don't know. They said it was a weird fit for Tom Brady, at least. But, I mean, he's playing football, so, I mean, it's not like it's going to be a big difference. But, I don't know. It was a weird, weird take, and I didn't really know how to take, how to understand what they were saying. But I think Tennessee, if they can obviously re-sign um, Derrick Henry, and some of their receivers are really good. And Ryan, ha- Ryan Tannehill did stuff with them. So, I think if Tom Brady did go to Tennessee, they would be looking a lot better, but Tannehill is younger, so I mean, he could improve more more than Tom Brady. And Tom Brady looks like to be on the decline.
0: But every time, I mean, Tom Brady probably has one year left, maybe yeah, two, but probably just one. It's probably going to get one year deal wherever yeah, he goes, pretty, and he's out of there. So yeah, I don't know, or true contender. And
1: so I, I don't know. I like Tennessee. You like Las Vegas. So we'll just have to see. Uh, what happens and how he plays next year. I mean, if it's on a contender, he might win another Super Bowl. We never know. All right, so lastly in the NFL news, uh, we heard that the Bengals are planning on franchise taking AJ Green. Uh he's obviously injury prone throughout the last like couple seasons, but when he's healthy, he's a very like reliable receiver. He's been he's probably one of the top receivers in the league when he is healthy. Uh Hence why I always draft them in my fantasy league, because, you know, I get those dubs. Um, But I don't know. Joe Burrow is probably going to be drafted to the Bengals. And if A.J. Green stays healthy, Luke, what do you see in that Burrow-Green duo in Cincinnati?
0: I see nothing because they're not going to contend this year. And this makes no sense to me if Cincinnati doesn't trade A.J. Green. And the only reason they tag him was to trade him. If that's not the case it makes no sense because you guys aren't content he's eating up cap. He's injury prone and you guys need to rebuild and let those young receivers under him develop. It, it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. You have to like, you just have to let him go. I think, especially if he wants to go.
1: Yeah, that's the big thing. If he does want to go, you should just let him go. But I mean, last year he was obviously injured. So, I mean, it, the Bengals were pretty bad, but I mean, if he is healthy, like, what if he was healthy? Like, I don't know. He's I such still a good don't receiver.
0: I don't know. I just, the, I, the whole team, I just don't see them winning.
1: Well, I mean, like, maybe not, like, contending, but, like, I'm just saying, like, throughout, like, the like, I mean, the but, season, no. is it, like, a good duel? He could be know. good.
0: He he could be good. It's just I don't think – I just don't think – I mean, Joe Burrow's is only a rookie. I don't – he's still going to be, like, an average quarterback next year probably. So, I'm, you know – yeah,
1: I can. I can. I don't know. I just think
0: they'll have. I think he should. Uh, he should just go to a contender for the rest of his career.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that they should get rid of him. But like next year, it like they'll have their moments. I'm sure they'll have a couple of good plays. But I mean, it could it could lead to something. I don't know. I don't think so. But
0: and AJ Green's great, but he's still not in that like top five probably even when healthy. So it's like. It's not at least like now in the Jones DeAndre Hopkins like
1: at least yeah at least
0: a, now he career,
1: Now in his career yeah, I'm sure that he won't be top 5 but if he was younger if he was younger it would be a great duo. All right so if we have nothing to add to the NFL that concludes our NFL talk for the show and we are going to be moving on to some NBA talk and there's nothing like talking about the Boston Celtics and how Jason Tatum has been leading them and playing very well. Uh, Tatum's last five games, he's had 28 points, 41 points, 36 points, 33 points, and 32 points. And obviously, they lost Saturday night to the Rockets in overtime, but that still doesn't... its it, They lost by one, but it's that doesn't show anything of how the Boston Celtics have been playing. And... Uh, Luke, I asked you this question about the Toronto Raptors when they were on their win streak, uh, but the way the Celtics are playing right now, do they have any chance of beating the Bucks in the playoffs? Um,
0: I don't want to say they don't have any chance. It's still slim. I don't think any team is beating Milwaukee in the East. Um, it, for that to happen, Giannis would just have to play awfully, and we know how Chris Milton gets against the Boston Celtics, especially in the playoffs. It, it would be tough. I mean, Chris Middleton just turns to a human torch whenever he plays Boston in the playoffs. Boston in period. And, I mean, it's it would be tough. Jason Tatum has been playing extremely well, but uh, I, they I don't have anything for them this year.
1: All right, yeah, it's definitely, it's turning into Jason Tatum's team. He's turning into a complete star in this league, and he has made a big leap. Uh, since last year, his last year, he averaged 15 points, six rebounds and two assists. And this year, he has bumped that up to 23.7 rebounds and two assists. So uh, his points and rebounds have bumped up. And he's just he has the green light on everything. Basically, he's and he's uh, making them count for sure. Uh, so sticking sticking with some bu- with the Bucks, obviously talking about the Bucks in the playoffs versus the Celtics. Uh, we're going to stick with the Bucks. And move along to the Giannis versus Harden beef. I know we heard on Sunday that uh, Kobe was talking about that this whole thing was completely childish. I honestly don't think that it was childish on Giannis's part. I think it was more childish on Harden's part. Giannis was obviously joking uh, at the All-Star break when he was picking his All-Star team, and he made that comment. uh, He was obviously joking about it, and Harden came back and obviously bashed him and said that he has no skill He's seven feet tall, and he just dunks, which is not true, and um, we have never, we have really never seen a seven-footer do what Giannis does, and I think this whole thing was childish on Harden's part uh, with that comment, obviously, and I don't know, he, it's just, I don't know why Harden said it. He obviously, I don't know how he believes it, that Giannis is not skillful. He just dropped 40 points on Sunday, like, with literally it was like the quietest 40 points like we were talking about it was the quietest 40 points he probably put up and uh Luke what do you take on Harden what do you what is your take on what Harden said and just the response Giannis had how calm he was about it and he just said I just have to come out and uh, do my thing and I'm not going to worry about what he said
0: first of all James Harden he was loud he was wrong and he lied He saw that All Star clip. (laughs) There's no way that a teammate didn't bring that up to him about Giannis picking uh, Giannis picking Cambo over him. There's no way he didn't see that. So and (laughs) for him to say, "Oh, I I don't see, I don't look at that type of come on now," so he, he lied, and then he's wrong. Name another seven footer that can dribble from the top of the key like Giannis does. Maybe Kevin Durant. Well, for sure Kevin Durant, if you consider him seven foot. It that's the only and for him he doesn't just run and dunk. I mean, we saw yesterday some of those post moves he was putting. I mean, that, those are skills, dribbling, doing little step back threes and shooting like you do. And if you're gonna say that, you have to keep that same energy for your teammate James Harden and Russell Westbrook, who does basically the same stuff Giannis does, but worse even. So, I, yeah, Harden's just all over the place with this argument.
1: Yeah, and obviously. Uh, they're going to be coming up and playing against each other. I don't know the exact date on that, but it's later in March, I know. So we'll have to see how Harden and Giannis do against each other when they play. Uh, So, yeah, it's definitely, it was definitely a childish take by Harden. And the whole thing that what Harden said was definitely not necessary. And Giannis took it like a champ. He just said, I have to go out and keep working and I'm just going to do what I need to do. And that is win. And he is right. He's doing what he needs to do and he's helping his team win. And that that's just
0: went seven for twenty four the next night.
1: Yeah, and he and he like he's talking, but he has records for the most missed three pointers multiple times in his career. I think his he was one for seventeen in one of his games and that tied himself for the most missed three pointers in a game. So it's not like it Harden like What do you? I don't know what he's talking about when he, but there's so many stats that uh, go against what Harden said. Like he just jacks up threes and he travels and he flops.
0: If every seven footer, if every seven footer can just run and dunk, why aren't Luke Cornet, Boban Marjanovic doing the stuff Giannis is? I mean, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So that is our take on uh, the Harden. James Harden versus Giannis Antetokounmpo beef. I don't know if you would call it a beef since Giannis kind of just calmly went through it. But uh, that concludes our NBA talk for the show. And our last debating topic or talking topic, I should say, is in the MLB and it is none other but the Houston Astros and they are leading the league in spring trading hit by pitches. They have been hit Seven different times in five games. So, Luke, do you think the Astros are getting a message by these different teams by getting hit? And do you think this will continue into the regular season?
0: Well, yeah, obviously they're getting a message. Uh, these The players, obvious the other teams, obviously don't like them at all. Um, my question is, in 162 games this year, <laughs> how many hit-by-pitches are they going to have?
1: <laughs>
0: what do you think? What do you, problem, I don't know. I don't know. Uh,
1: I I don't even know. I don't. I would. I don't even know. i I'm, I'm It's go gonna be 100. high. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think. I, I think it's gonna be a record amount. Like throughout. i like throughout Hemelway history. I think it's gonna be a uh, record.
0: Uh, about hundred something.
1: I I could definitely see that. I don't know. We'll, we'll do just think have to the gonna
0: be able to, Do you think the league's gonna do anything to the pitchers who do hit them? If like, it's obviously intentional.
1: Uh, I mean, during like even. Even like last year, like you could look at pitchers that intentionally like hit hit. I don't know, like like people that intentionally hit pitcher like batters, they get kicked out of the game. So I mean, I feel like it's just gonna be that same thing where if they intentionally hit an Astros player or they think they did, the umpires think they did, they're gonna obviously eject them from the game. But
0: no, I don't think maybe the players it, are gonna care about getting ejected
1: yeah i don't I mean I don't know if the MLB will do anything about it I honestly don't think they will it's just i think they're just gonna have to see how it plays out throughout the year honestly but uh yeah it's i I don't know it I think the Astros are they're obviously getting a message from teams about them cheating but I wouldn't like what if I'm gonna ask you like what if the Astros come through this season and win the World Series? Like, what do you think people would say? I
0: don't, I don't know. Good for them. <laughs> if, if they did, don't cheat, then cool. Whatever. I think they'll still be hated, obviously, but...
1: Well, yeah, yeah, they'll still be hated because they cheated back a couple seasons ago, but I think, I don't know, it's just... This whole situation is... I don't know. I really haven't been paying too much... too close attention to it. i the only thing I saw about it was the hit by pitches, in that the the most throughout spring training games. Uh, so I don't know. We'll just have to see what happens throughout the season, and maybe we'll see if the MLB does something to pitchers that intentionally hit uh, the Houston batters. But if you have nothing to add uh, to this the, the MLB situation, we're going to move on to our last segment, and that is always our daily pick segment. And we are going to start with some NBA games. Uh, Our first game that we have are the Milwaukee Bucks at the Miami Heat. And that game is happening tonight at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time.
0: Uh, And I will take the Bucks on the road. I'm going with the Bucks. who haven't lost since the All-Star break six games in a row. So, yeah.
1: All right. And our next game is the Sixers at the Lakers and that game is happening tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Eastern time and I will take the Lakers at home.
0: I'm going Lakers too, even though that boy Shake Milton's going crazy right now with everybody out on the Sixers, but I got to go with Lakers.
1: All right. Our second to last game in the NBA, the New Orleans Pelicans at the Dallas Mavericks and I will take Zion Williamson Brandon Ingram. And the Pelicans on the road.
0: I'm going with the Pelicans, too. They're trying to play for that 8 seed right now. And Zion looks like a grown man up there, so I have to go with the Pelicans.
1: All right, and that game is happening on Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. And lastly, in the NBA, uh, we have the LA Clippers at the Houston Rockets. And that game is happening Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And I think Luke already knows what I'm going to say but I will take my man Kawhi Leonard and Paul George against James Harden and Russell Westbrook.
0: I'm going to go with the Clippers too. We're not going to get into that, but <laughs> I, I hate the Rockets, so I have to go with the Clippers. And the Clippers playing very good right now. So,
1: All right, switching gears to some college hoops. Uh, obviously, talking about college. Uh I'm going to be talking. We didn't talk about college in today's show, but tomorrow, uh, obviously, I'm coming back with the World of College Basketball show, and I will take a deep dive into last week and some big the big news in last week's games and throughout the weekend, and obviously, I will uh, go through some bracket breakdown and a little bit of the top 25, because the top 25 really, really doesn't matter at this point. Uh, it's the last week of the season. Uh, So I will take a deep dive into all that and more tomorrow on the World of College Basketball Show. Uh, So our first game in college hoops outside of the tournaments that are starting this week, uh, it'll be Texas Tech at Baylor. Uh, That game is happening tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And I will take the Baylor Bears at home in a revenge game after they lost on Saturday.
0: I'm going with Baylor.
1: All right. The next game, a Big Ten matchup. Uh, the Big Ten is obviously really close. I think it's going to end up in a tie. There's going to be two teams that are going to go for the Big Ten uh, regular season title. It's uh, just too close. There's like six, six, I think six or seven teams that are within a game of the actual title. So this game is huge. It's going to be Michigan State at Penn State. Uh, Penn State obviously lost to Iowa on Saturday in Michigan State, got that dub against Maryland. On the road, so I will take Cassius Winston, Rocket Watts, and the Spart- Sparty on the road.
0: And we will Michigan State as well.
1: All right. A big East showdown. Uh, that's happening on Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. And it's going to be the Villanova Wildcats at the Seton Hall Pirates. Uh, Villanova is coming off a loss uh, on Saturday. They lost to Providence. And Seton Hall comes off a dominating win at Marquette. So I will take uh, Seton Hall at home.
0: Who would Nova on the road?
1: All right. And another Big Ten matchup we have is going to be Illinois at Ohio State. And that game is happening on Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And Ohio State beat Michigan on Sunday. And Illinois beat Indiana on Sunday. Uh, So they're both going to be coming off of a, they're going to be both playing, uh, Illinois is going to be playing for the title, because I don't think Ohio Ohio State has a chance, but Illinois is still playing for that big, big share of the Big Ten, and I will take Io DeSomu, Io and
0: Illinois on the road. I'm going to go with Ohio State at home here.
1: All right. And that just about wraps it up for us today on this Monday. Uh, Luke and I would both want to thank you guys for listening into the sports Hive podcast. We will be releasing episodes of the sports Hive podcast every Monday and Friday with all the other shows coming Sunday through Friday throughout the week. So on YouTube and the anchor app. So if you guys don't know about those other shows yet, please follow our social media in the description below. Uh, for get the schedules on those uh, we hope you guys enjoy the rest of your monday and the rest of your week and we will see you guys back here on friday on the sports High podcast